Good morning and welcome to successcafe.tv. My name is Paul Bursey and I'm speaking from Whitton in uh, east of London in the UK. I have to think about that for a minute. Yeah, you have to think about that. <laughs> so um, my co-presenter is... Hello everybody. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. Warren Connolly coming to you from Santandre in Hungary, Central Europe. Yeah. Today's subject... The fuel that propels relentless drive. Ooh, that's a good one. And um, it takes a lot of fuel. Yeah. Okay. Now, most people will think it's passion and desire and want and, you know, necessity and things like that. And to a lesser extent, maybe it is. But <laughs> I wonder what that was. Someone dropped something. Right. Um, someone dropped something, knocking, someone knocking their head. Ah, okay. So Grant Cardone in his book, The 10X Rule, hit the nail on the head. And he said, fear is the great indicator. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what can you tell me about fear, Warren? I know that's a massive subject. In relation to, let's say, becoming an entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> fear can be such a it can be such an overriding factor in 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 someone's life in any any walk of life, regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur or not. But the fact, yeah, um, one thing I've learned about fear is that if you are feeling fearful about something, um, step away from it until you've kind of like you've regathered your energy and you've cleaned your energy so to speak or you've kind of changed your your energy and then and then move back in because otherwise because fear is like it's the it's the antithesis of of love really you know if you take if you if you face something if you if you go into something with at ease and feeling peaceful and feeling calm and no anxiety and no pressure no stress and no fear you're more likely to be successful or whatever you're doing but if you're going to go in with fear, make sure that you you're willing to make a mistake because, <laughs> or you yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to it's not going to be detrimental to to your outcome of of whatever it is that you're doing as an entrepreneur. If you're going in with fear, make sure you you practice first, and then and then take steps forward. Yeah, when you do something different, something brand new, um, sometimes you have a bit of fear, a bit of trepidation about taking some new actions mm -hmm. because you've got higher sure. expectations and it's very easy being knocked off your pedestal, as it were. Um, you will experience some kind of fear, but the, the idea is to switch it around and make the fear your fuel, okay? You make it your friend. Because um, if, if, yeah, if you aren't fearful, then maybe you're not paying attention. Um, and it just means that if you're, if you, you know, you're probably not doing some, enough of or enough of the right things. So, oh, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, you say not enough of the right things. I mean, what are the right things? The right things could be uh, what 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 gets you out of your comfort zone. What causes you to yeah to to be stirred up, you know, with yeah and with trepidation with discomfort with passion whatever um this is where this is where you can overcome that fear is when you oh, absolutely yeah 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 so we you know look, we all know fear is um interesting at the very least mm -hmm. I, I, as i say i found 
Let me um nope. to move something to get to it. Right, so let's just talk about it for a minute. I don't want to go into it too much because um, you know, but as I said, you can make fear your friend. Now, what do you think the top fear is? On I, I you know, again, there can be people have different ideas about this, but what do you think the top one of the top fears is? You mean from a business perspective? Uh, no, any perspective, any, just for the sake of this. In life in general. Yeah. Speaking in public. Okay. Well, on this particular list, it doesn't mention it, but it, what it does say is social phobias. So okay. maybe that's at number eight. Now, whether they're in any particular order, I don't know. The top one is the fear of spiders, arachnophobia. Yeah. Okay. The second one is ophidiophobia. I have no idea what that is. No, neither did I. I've never heard of it in my life. Fear of snakes. Oh, okay. Well, that's um, understandable too. Uh, acrophobia is number three, which is the fear of heights. Uh huh. Um, agoraphobia is the social situations where people panic and want to get home. Um, cynophobia is the fear of dogs. I thought it was quite good. You've got thunder and lightning in there, injections. Don't trust somebody that's, that, that doesn't like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, number, number seven, trypanophobia, which is the fear of injections. That's an interesting one at the moment. Then <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got um, mysophobia. I think I've said that right. Mysophobia is the fear of germs and dirt. So that's another interesting one at the current moment. Mm -hmm. But social phobias. Now, this is the one that probably we're, we're referring to, and that's the fear of social situations, you know, talking to people, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, public speaking, you know, and, and things like that, and uh, maybe interviews. It may all come under that. I don't know. I think but, it would be, yeah. But when you're young, you, and we've mentioned this before, you are fearless. What that means is it's not so much courage, it's a matter that I don't care, I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> All right? People, people um, when you're young, you think you're indestructible, you know, yeah, and yeah. nothing can harm me, nothing can touch me, I can do anything I want, I can fly it like Superman or whatever it is, you know. Now, is that true or false? Well, it depends. It depends. Now, of course, it's probably false, but... but you know, when you, I think you're, it depends young, on how much. I think it depends on how much alcohol you have in your system when you're young. Okay, I wasn't going to bring that up, but yeah, you're absolutely spot on. <laughs> <laughs> but it works, and mm -hmm. as we get older, as we move through the the work situation and get families and all that, we lose our courage and everything else. All right, so we then, as an entrepreneur, we're then given this um, new opportunity of something. Okay. And it's exciting when you first see it. And it's all oh, you rub your hands together and say, oh, I'm going to be rich. Or whatever it may be you want to say, maybe I can double my, my income. And that's fine. Now, the problem is you've got to get going at some stage. All right? And your passion and your desire will only take you so far. Mm -hmm. Then the fear starts to come in. The fear of being successful, which is a big fear. The fear of being rejected, failing, you know, um, they're, they're huge ones as well. I mean, we, we see it. How often do we see it, see it in our business where somebody gets involved? Because 
of the nature of our business where you know it's an opportunity for individuals to create an entrepreneurial business for themselves with very little little to no risk involved yeah okay? absolutely yeah and you know and then people get all excited and then the moment they have to engage with other people yeah. in order to you know that's that's part and parcel of what we do right so in in the moment they need to do that, then all of a sudden that that passion, that zest, that desire that they had in the beginning, it's you know, it's like when you see people that blow hot and cold. Um, yeah. you see it often. People they blow hot one moment, the next day they're cold. And yeah. this is this is what happens with people. You know, they they have that passion, they have that drive, that zest, that vision of grandeur, and I'm gonna be rich and I'm gonna make a million and all this kind of stuff. And then the moment they have to pick up the phone call fear starts setting in and the sweat beads start dripping from the forehead and all that kind of stuff and yeah it's yeah. it's because it and it's it's only because it's the unknown people have never had to do it in a conscious way before yeah mm. we often we often do do it but we don't do it consciously what you should do i know this sounds a little bit strange but i think you should let let fear become your friend and actually allow it to protect you you can use it to your advantage in other ways see unfortunately what happens is we get to that stage where we've got to make that phone call to a prospective partner or a customer and you know the old block comes down yeah you know you're you're uh, you're at bannockburn with um what's his name robert robert the bruce and uh <laughs> william wallace you know you've got all those shields in front of you where we're not letting you in and that's what happens they you say, well, you know, I, I want to make the phone calls, but I don't know what to say. What happens if they have a go at me? What happens if they reject me? You know, and I remember this. When I started for the first time speaking to people on the phone, cold, not cold prospects, but I would say warmish, as in they'd, they'd put their, their name and email address into something and I was phoning them back. Mm -hmm. So... That alone was good enough to say, well, at least they want to talk to me. Well, I thought, right? And as I say, you've heard me talk about it before, when, when you make that first phone call and it happens to be someone on the bayou. On the bayou. <laughs> no, it's just like, yeah, called Wilbur. Yeah, but he's, you know, as I say, it was, um, and you're you're sitting, you're, you're anticipating, you're a little bit anxious about, oh, who am I going to be talking to? It's in the USA and, and all this type of thing. Actually, best thing I ever did. It took a bit of time. It did take a few hundred phone calls, but I got used to it, you know. And all of a sudden, I'm turning this fear now into my buddy, right? The fear is starting to go. Yeah. You actually start to become good at something for the first time in life, maybe. I don't know. You know, and you start building it as a skill. Mm -hmm. The only way you do that, and that's how I learned to play football, by doing it over and over and over again, you know, no, you know, knowing how to catch the ball on your knee, on your foot, on the back of your neck, on your head, and you know all these little tricks. It, takes, it takes repetition. It's, confidence. Yeah. it's to dispel fear. Now, when you're on your own in the dark, it's pretty easy because nobody's watching, you know. Yeah. And that's where practice comes in. We, we mentioned that before. Um, fear basically isn't something that's bad it's there to teach you it's there to improve you it's there for you to grow 
you know, and you have to make it your friend, your buddy, your associate. Okay, he's your critic, I know, and it's also your accountability partner. Yeah. Right, and it, sometimes it's unforgiving, but the problem is what people do when they start is they procrastinate. We've all done it. Don't don't think you're on your own when you procrastinate and don't do something. We've all done it. You know, it may be a list of people to read. You go, well, I'll do that later. <laughs> no. Let's go wash the dishes. They won't be in any way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are in. They are in. Wait. They're actually waiting for your call. They don't know it, but they're waiting for your call. So, um, so what you want to do is basically uh, seek out fear, right? Embrace it. Harness it and use it to propel your confidence. It's hard in the beginning, you know. It will make you sweat. You'll have anxiety. And I know it's probably putting you off saying all that, but but that's what fear is. Is it real? But, no, of course it's not. But anything, not really. can, anything can be hard if you if you allow it to be or if you want it to be hard. You know, this is, you know, I, I have this, I see people struggling with this dichotomy every day. It's like they want to do something. They want to change something in their lives, but they at the same breath they expect it to be hard yeah and i say you know, i say to people well it's going to be hard if you want it to be hard and if you're expecting it to be hard that's kind of like saying well i resign myself to the fact that it's going to be hard yeah but it doesn't have to be you know it's it, it can be exciting and it's there's a very fine line between something that is exciting to you and something that is fearful to to you Physiologically speaking, it's the same thing that's going on in your body. It's the same processes that are happening in your system. It's just how do you interpret that yeah. those signals? You know, um, so so often you could be standing, you could be standing at the at the at the at the door, the door to I don't know an interview. Let's say you're going in for an interview somewhere, and you're standing at the door to the offices where you're going in for the interview, and you and before you ring that bell, you're thinking to yourself. I'm here for an interview. And you think this could be the, the rest of my life. This could determine the future for the rest of my life. But mm. in that moment, you can get excited about the prospect of that, or you can get fearful by the and the prospect of that. And and one is going to propel you forward and the other one's going to hold you back. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's all it is. It's just an interpretation of of the same chemical processes that are happening within your system, in your brain, in your body. It's just how do we interpret that? And often, it unfortunately, that boils down to our upbringing as well. You know, depending on who your parents were or your teachers or your guardians or whoever they were, how, how did they interpret that themselves? You know, before you went and jumped off that rock, did your parents come running up to you and go, no, 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 you're going you know, to hurt yourself? Or did they come up to you and say, okay, now, if you're going to jump, jump. Be careful. You could hurt yourself, but just do it carefully. And then, oh, well, push you. You. and then or they push you, you know, they encourage you to do it. So you, oh. uh, and then you, you look at it, well, yeah. that's how you look at things like that for the rest of your life. You know, yeah. if it's something that's going to be potentially um, potentially dangerous or it's going to hurt you potentially. But also at the end of the day as well, Paul, you know, you mentioned that some, you know, you, you're terrified to make that phone call, but the other person on the other side, you know, is is waiting for your phone call, but they don't yeah. know it yet. 
who cares what they think? It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. One of the things I got taught was, I know they called it Smile and Dial. It's got nothing to do with you. But they called it Smile and Dial. And there's more than one reason to smile. But if you're just enjoying, just enjoy it. Just You've got a chance to speak to someone you've never spoke before. And if you smile and say good morning or whatever it is during the day, it's a good start. Especially you know, if it's at night time, you say good morning. That's gonna. That's definitely gonna get get them. Well, what I've, I I know we keep talking about the phone calls and things like that, but you know, imagine you've got a piece of paper with a hundred phone calls on it to make. Okay, now you have no idea what type of rejection or or happy people or whatever it is you're going to speak. You just don't know, and it is a bit daunting at the beginning. But I had someone explain to me this way. He said. You have a list of 100 people to call there, okay? So the way to look at it is this, and this is relating to a Pacific business that I was in. Um, the Okay, let's say you get 99 people that reject you, but you get one who buys, right? And it wasn't just on the phone call, but it's one that buys. So, and, and on this particular business, you made between 10 pounds, sorry, I'll rephrase that. Between 1,000, right, and 9,000 pound. That's a big or dollars, Depending on what, weight, what country you're talking to. Okay. So divide the 100 by both. So the phone calls were worth each one, regardless of what happened, 10 pound to 90 pound per call. That's what you were making. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. I actually changed my attitude to the mm -hmm. call. I went, this is fun. <laughs> I don't care what they say. So with some funny people like, how are you today? You know, it's like, and having a conversation with them. And uh, I forgot about the sale a little bit. I mean, I did sort of come to that and, I, you know, I'd have to ask them maybe a half a dozen questions. But there are only questions that they'd already probably answered already. So they, they were, it was nothing new. And it become so easy, you know, and I, I have no fear about using the phone, about phoning anybody about anything. And I really don't care what they say, you know. Yeah, because their opinion has nothing to do with it. It's got nothing to do with it. Yeah. yeah. As much as you know, you can't, you know, you just got to keep your, keep your posture and be confident and just speak to them. And if, and if it's somebody that you happen to know. Even better. And they and they are. Let's say they. Let's say, for example, they take umbrage to the fact that you phone them for something like that. With it, yeah. You know, have a look at my product, or you know, this could change your life in one way, shape, or form, or with the other. If they take umbrage to that, then so what? Then it, that means that they're not that important to you as you, maybe you thought they were. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't mean that you don't have to be friends with that person for the rest of your life. It just means that they're not that important to you anymore. And uh, but for many people as well. And saying that without taking it too lighthearted or too, you know, being uh, not, you know, taking the significance of that away from somebody, it's it is hard to be able to do that. Yeah, you know, when you know somebody and they treat you badly on the other side because you've you've you want you've coming to them with an opportunity with an offer, yeah, whatever that looks like. Okay, it's irrelevant what business it is. Business is business at the end of the day. When, you, when you're doing business with somebody, you're providing an opportunity. You say to them, I have this product. 
this could really change your life. Mm. And I just want you to see it. That's all. Now, this could, this simple little product could literally change someone's life. Tell me that's a dog ball, not a little mine. It's a little mine. <laughs> okay. And if you, if you show somebody how to use this properly, this could change someone's life depending on their, their physical conditioning. All right. Let's say somebody like me has scoliosis and they learn how to use this properly. This could change their life. All right. Yeah. But because of the nature of the business that we do and because of marketing and advertising, all these kind of things, people kind of put a stigma to that. You know, they think that it's it's something bad to to advertise or to market your product to them or your business to them. But we do it all the time. Okay. And we've heard this countless times. We do this all the time. And we do. But for some reason, people don't like to be told no by people that they know. Mm -hmm. All right. Yet you grow up in your life from a little boy or a little girl. How many times? Did your parents say no to you as opposed to yes? Because it's so easy just to say no as opposed to yes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we grow up with that mentality. And then when somebody says no to us, they're not even, they're not even thinking of it consciously. They just subconsciously say no. And, and we th we, then we take it personally. We're like, yeah, oh, you, oh. Right. you take it personally yeah. you know, until you get used to it. Yeah. Oh, just for our podcast, people, what you were showing there is oh, a yeah. dog ball. It looks like a, a mini version of a mine that used to spike shipping and things Ships, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black. So, massage, massage ball. So, um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. so going back to fear, all right? Now, fear, if you're, if you're presented with fear, it actually probably means you're moving in the right direction. True. Now, Comfortable is easy. You mentioned the comfort zone earlier and uh, absolutely spot on there. You know, uncomfortable can be really scary. Mm -hmm. All right. And it's the scary that you need to overcome. That's going to be different for everyone. Right. And it doesn't have to be sales calls. It can be anything. You know, we sometimes we don't want we we don't want to phone the electric company to because they've charged us too much and things like that, because we don't, we, we don't want any confrontation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. is the same principle. Get on there, you know. It doesn't have to be confrontational. Be, be polite, yes. you know, because yeah, you know, right. if you get stroppy, they just pull the plug out, don't they? <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So you don't get stroppy. I've got, you know, I've got a bit of a, maybe a bit of a disagreement about, about the price you've charged me. Uh -huh. Can you help me? Because if you say to people, can you help me? The natural thing is for people to want to help you. They will want to help, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter how bitter or twisted they are. They're going to want to help you if you ask them, can I? Can you help me? So with that yes. phone call to the electric company, what you need is to experience it again and again and again so mm. that in the end there is no phone call to anybody that's ever going to phase you ever again. Sorry, you were going to say something, Ryan. I don't... No, 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 I was, I was going to just uh, use an example of like, you know, <laughs> watching the Paralympic Games, watching highlights of the Paralympic Games. Unfortunately, we, I, I can't find anywhere to watch it actually live. But, and you look at, the, you look at, you look at the Olympics in general, Paralympics, the able-bodied games. You look at some of those athletes that make it to a final of an event. They won of perhaps around, let's say. 
anywhere from nine to 12, 15 individuals that have made it to the final of an event, mm -hmm. depending on the event. They are maximum, say, 15 people out of everybody around the world that have made it to that point. Okay. They are an elite company, period. Mm -hmm. How many people are pushed through fear in that moment to succeed and they perform at their best that they've ever performed, regardless of whether they win the race or not? You look at people that make it to the finals of events and big championship events like in Olympics. They run or they perform, they do their personal bests. They don't necessarily win, but they do their personal best. And the, and if you you're an app, let's say you're an, you're a runner from Antigua, you know, and you they don't have a rich history in athletics, but you're a runner from Antigua. You make it to the final of an event, and you run your personal best. You know, in your heart of hearts, you're not going to win that race, but that fear propels you to do the best that you've ever done personally for yourself. And I and I look at that as a, as a classic example of us as a society. You know, we've, we, we, we look at those individuals and we put them up on a pedestal and they're the modern day gladiators and all this kind of stuff. But what's to say we can't do that in our life, in our world? Why not? Why can't we perform at the best of our abilities when we're confronted with fear? It's, it's simple, yet it's, it's probably one of the hardest things to do. Mm. I'm, I, I talk about um, old. I mean, sorry, Olympics. Um, <laughs> I was going to. Um, I'm seriously considering um, going after some 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 running records. You know, as um, when I get older. Yeah, there's the veterans and masters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, ser I'm seriously considering it. So I've, just, I've I've thought about that myself for swimming. Go do that for swimming. Yeah, for yeah. for veterans and masters and stuff, and and start competing in in events if that yeah you know, wherever they are available. So yeah. I am going on to, I was reading Grant Cardone's book and he, I'm going to quote him here because I've written it down. He said, in fact, the only thing that, that scares me is a complete lack of fear. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about now. Um, he doesn't seem to have much fear in him when it comes to doing anything, but, but I, I can see where he's coming from. You know, the, the fact that about you can as I say you adapt to the fear you you use it to your advantage mold it you should be doing um yeah i mean look if you start anything new you, you you're probably going to have some fears right and they, they are anxiety mm -hmm. you're anxious about what's going to happen you know it's not you know look we all need to conquer fear and as i say fear is evidence appearing real Okay, but for you at that particular point, and say for me and Warren at different times, it's so real. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so real you could actually choke on it sometimes. But you know, you 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 can overcome it. You know, um, it's a love hate relationship. Fear. Most people end up, or they never get past the hate part of it. You know, but you've got to turn it into love. So you love doing what you're doing. Right? And it takes time. You know, some people get ho uh, scared watching horror movies. Yeah. I laugh at horror movies. I've never, I've never seen anything that scares me in the horror movies. But other people get petrified. You know, I had one, one movie made me jump. One, and it was Carrie. Oh. Right at the end, you know, when the hand comes up. You know, 
It's all quiet and peaceful and lovely and, you know, whatever. But then the hand comes up. I'm like, oh, it's the only time I've ever jumped at a movie. But I laugh at horror movies. I think they're funny. Now, it's it's the, the, like it. the, original, the original It and the original Thing, the movie Thing, all right. Thing and the original It, those movies really terrified me. But I was quite young when I watched those as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we always come back for more. Yes, we do. So why not use some of that fear that you get on the movies? Why not attack some of that fear in other things? Because as I said, it's exactly the same chemical reaction going on in your body. Feel, find that, that feeling and use it for your, for your passion and your drive and your enthusiasm. You know, create that, that, that feeling and just and go in with the mindset that this is something that I'm going to achieve. I'm going to accomplish. It's something that is gonna, I'm going to overcome. And I'm going to do damn well at it. As I say, life is risky. I, sh you know, I you think about some of the things you're fearful about, and and think about this: when you're driving on a road, not so much in the US because it it it's a little bit different because they're much bigger. But with the smaller roads in the UK, let's say, and you're going at sixty mile an hour because it's on a you know one one lane coming towards the other. You can only go up to 60 mile an hour on those type of roads. But that's if you were to hit someone, that's 120 mile an hour impact. Mm -hmm. Right? So mm -hmm. oh, we don't give it a second thought. Go and drive down the supermarket, do this, do that. Why how is many, that? How why many is times that? have we done it? Yeah, why? Why is that? Habit. Repetition, habit. Yeah. Repetition. Yeah. That's it. And, it's, and that is far more risky they're picking up a phone anything else you've got fear about and and if you, you 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 talk about that and you think about now and i've lived in the uk and i've driven down those country roads before at mm. night time and you know the road like the back of your hand yeah and at night time you're driving and you've only got you can only see as far as your lights show you but that that is nothing that do you that distance that you can see is nothing in comparison to the reaction time that you need in order to see what's coming ahead, slam on the brakes, take evasive action. You're not going to do it in time, mm. but you do it in any case. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you and do it. it. You, and I guarantee most of you have never had an accident like that. And you never, right. probably never will. You probably never will. But it is still risky. Life is risky, you know, and I said that, as I say, most of the fear that we have is it's never going to happen, is it? Really, it's like it's like walking in a forest in the middle of the night. There's nobody there. There is nobody there. But I bet people fear would wouldn't do it. I think it's great. I've done. I used to do it in the police. We used to go across country to do certain things. Can't tell you what. Okay. And um, it was the best. I never ever saw anyone ever yeah. once. But that's because of movies. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, most of the time fear doesn't even occur. And that's and that's what we're talking about here. It's all about emotions. It's how you cater for that particular situation. Mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, many people allow that fear to, as a scapegoat, use it as a scapegoat to not do something. All right? So... Or an excuse, whatever way you want to look at it, and that that shouldn't be the case. All right, we can all hide behind our excuses. Um, what we should learn to do is reframe the whole situation. 
turn it round, turn it round, you know, and um, and make them put it in our favour, you know, because that's where the joy is, overcoming fear. At the end of it, yeah, definitely. Now, now we're not talking about when we talk about fear. We're not talking about gut feeling because you can actually use gut feeling to your advantage as well. So if you're walking on a dark road, we should maybe shouldn't be walking along, or it's not the best of areas to be in. Then yes, you should be on your toes. You should be aware, not to the point where you're trembling, but you should be aware of what's going on around you and, and things like that. And that's just safety. Um, you know, so uh, so you can utilize fear to your advantage. And if you know, um, I always used to get nervous before a race and things like that, and I use it to my advantage. And you can you can bottle it up a little bit, just a little bit, so that when when the gun goes, I'm free. <laughs> it's like you may not win, but you're free. It's like so, um, and you should never back away from things. That's the other thing as well, unless it's prudent to do so, like a fight or something. And you know, A, you're not going to win, or B, you don't want to be in a fight, or, or whatever it is. There, there's times to uh, there's times to back away. But I've always uh, and, and Grant Cardone, Cardone said this as well. He said, "Eat your fears." Finger, you know. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> swallow them up. Deal with it. Deal with it. It's you know um, what we don't want is there is time between making a decision and feeling scared about it and fearing some of the outcomes to when you actually get into motion and uh, drive and momentum. Um, you need to starve the time between. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this the is quicker you can get going, the quicker you can get going, the better it is. If you think about it, um, unless you're – there are times you do have to think about things, but generally speaking – you starve the time in between the decision and the action it's much much better so yeah there's, a, there's actually an nlp technique that you can use for yourself if you, All right, to, yeah. if you know how to use it where you you take a traumatic event for example that you've experienced or a fear a, a major fear that you have for something yeah and then you you re, you repeat you repeat that that process in your head but each time you do so you're actually um you do there's a specific way you do it and what you're doing is you you're minimizing the the effect of that event in your mind so you're yeah. changing it for you're changing it um for example let's let's put let's let's use an example of um somebody attacks you so you like you said you're walking down a street at night time and you are conscious of what's going on around you. You're aware of what's going on around you. As you walk past a building, there's a small alleyway. Somebody jumps out and attacks you. Now, you can either resign yourself to the fact that that happened and accept and you go, okay, every time I walk down the street, every time I walk past a corner, I'm going to be terrified someone's going to jump out at me. Or you can replay that event in your head. And then you, each time you replay it, that individual gets smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where they're like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, <laughs> you're all right, and they become comical, and you 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 can take you can take parts of their body and you can make like a caricature out of them. You know, so it, to you it becomes more it, that that individual, not the event, becomes humorous, but the attacker becomes humorous to you. The attacker yeah. becomes insignificant to you. 
So now you're, you're not connecting one event to the rest of your life and you're not taking that one event and you're not making it control you and who you are for the rest of your life. And you can do this for for pretty much any fear that you really have. Um, it's just about knowing how to do it, how to use that technique correctly and effectively enough. But it's you can do this. You know, if you have a fear, an overriding fear that is that is holding you back, and you know, and the way you'll know if it's holding you back is do you procrastinate a lot about something? You know, do you make excuses? Like Paul said, you make excuses for stuff. You don't take accountability for for something. And, you know, if you just feel it in your body, you know, you just you just think about it and all of a sudden your body starts to get tight and your chest gets tight and your breathing gets shallow, then figure out a way to overcome that because otherwise that can really become debilitating and hold you back for the rest of your life and you won't even really realize it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So in just uh, wrapping up now, um, Fear is a powerful emotion. Now, you can let it win or you can mm -hmm. use it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. Fear can be, and this is, what again, Grant Cardone said, fear can be a powerful driving factor behind positive action if you know how to leverage it. Right? So you have to use fear in a positive way. Right? I, I love his books because um, fear, fear, it's about fear. Most of the books are about fear and, and skill. So... Um, but you need to recognize your fear. That's one of the biggest things. Now, we said about not starving time in between, but there are some times you need to take a little look at it as well. So don't ignore it. Deal with it, all right? You also, can... also, don't linger in it. No, that's yeah. right. No, that's right. It is lingering, starving this fear. That um... Anyway, um, use fear. Check in, you know, on reality. Examine what it is. Don't stay there too long. But examine what it is so you know what, you, what you're dealing with. And you can turn fear on its head. You can smash it to pieces if you want. All right. And um, I must admit, I'm, I suppose I'm at this point in time where I don't have any fears, really. Learn, learn, I know what to go headlong into and I know what not to go headlong into. And, um, yeah, and that's what you got to do. Um, but not from a place of fear. You just got to be sensible. Now, I wasn't always sensible as a police officer, as in going into where angels fear to tread, as I've mentioned before, mm -hmm. and um, I had no fear for that. But get me on a stage talking from the heart, and I'm in different, different, <laughs> different ball game. Now, I'm getting there, even at my age. I'm actually getting there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to actually when I, when, I, when I do get up there at some stage. It's never too late. It's never That's too right. late to overcome a fear. And you know, just I just want to wrap off with this quickly is that one of the great things about what we do, Paul and I, is that you know, we, we were talking a lot about telephone calls and making phone calls and the fear of making phone calls. But one of the great things that that Paul and I do is that whenever we're working with anybody, and it's not just us, but it, this is something that is very it's it's very much part of it's, it's part of our team, you know, as a whole. And that when when somebody joint comes on board with us partners up with us and they decide to take that courage and do it all right we actually we we kind of we hold hands with you if you if you will you know we hold hands with you in the beginning 
and we don't allow you to to do to do this this on your own unless of course you want to but if there's something that is that is a fear for you then we actually will sit there with you in person or via zoom or whatsapp or whatever and we will do that with you so that you understand what it is in the beginning and you become comfortable with that you know you start to recognize that hey okay, this is not so hard this is not as bad as i thought it was going to be yeah um but at the end of the day you know you've got to make the decision and no matter what that fear is in your life doesn't matter what it is you've got to make the decision to confront it you got to you've you, it's inevitably you have to make that decision otherwise you will just be stifling yourself and your potential because it, it will it will mushroom into something else it won't it won't just stay as one thing one factor one one aspect it will just mushroom and it will grow and soon enough you'll have fears in all areas of your life everyone has fears hmm. Well, you just said, but you just said you don't have fears, and then you said that. No, no, no. no, no Sorry, I, I had fears. What I'm saying is, is there's this scary situations, things that happen that scare everyone, and what you're gonna do is work at it, yeah, and overcome them, and then they become fun, and then they nothing, become different. nothing, nothing phases you anymore. So that's all I'm gonna say. We're done. Unless you got anything else you wanna say, Warren? No, oh, that was it. Thank you. Great. Right. So. Go and conquer. If you need help, give us a shout. All right. So uh, with that, we're um, going to say goodbye. And we'll see you on Wednesday at healthierlife.tv. I have no idea what we're going to talk about this stage, but I'm sure I'll work something out or Warren will suggest something. And, yeah. And we'll go we'll from see. there. We'll, we'll surprise you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's speak again soon. Have a great Good day. Day, right. rest of the Bye. week, and enjoy. See you later.